Blog Talk Radio. Dude, I didn't even I didn't think we were gonna make it today. I literally just barely got everything together and and got on the air. I literally just called Fred Gabriel. People were screaming. I don't know what was going on over there, but real quick for the people listeners, you're here. You're at UWC United Wrestling Council. Don't forget, working steadily to get that uh, website and everything taken care of. I talked to Cody Rhodes today. We'll talk a little bit about that. But back here with me, the man himself, Fred Gabriel. Fred, what's happening, man? You, you, now, I know you're not working because I heard a bunch of stuff going on back there. So everything okay over there? Yeah, everything is um you know, I had a uh, family a family uh, issue this week where, you know, I don't want to bring the show down or anything. You know, we're, we're having a positive day today, but had a, my, my grandfather passed away this week, so we were having a, a dinner in his honor, and, you know, um, we were been here all day since this morning, and I was supposed to meet with you this morning, and yeah. that didn't happen due, due, to, due to the gathering, and, you know, I was leaving everybody right now, which is what you heard all the yelling, because everybody's like, where are you going, where are you going? I was like... I was like, man, I got to do a podcast. I'm loving having spending time with you guys, but you know, oh, I got to so, I got to take care of some business. Oh, so you were heading out? I thought everybody came over to the house or whatever. So you you were heading out at at the uh, at the time? Yeah, I was heading out. So everybody was like, you know, they tried to treat me like it's like a you know, you know how family is. Like, yeah, like, hey, yeah, they're like, don't lie, don't lie. Don't you ain't going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know yeah. how that is. <laughs> well. Real quick, uh, let, let me just go uh, uh, for my guest that I got coming up at 7.30. Casey Halstead was somebody who helped me quite a bit, you know, in, in when I was training jiu-jitsu. And, oh, I still do, but on a, on a full-time, like, regular basis. He um, was cornering uh, a big fight yesterday over at UFC, so we're going to bring him on. We're talk to him about the, at the bottom of the hour. I scheduled him for the bottom of the hour because we have so much going on or whatever. So, real quick, before we talk about – what happened with UWC today? Uh, real quick, uh, Freddie, there was an OCCW show Saturday. Asriel became yeah, the new heavyweight champion. You know, you're not working for those guys. No, I'm not working for them. Um, I'm currently not working for them. Uh, just, uh, you know, they haven't contacted me to work for them. I talked to John. John keeps wanting to say, "Hey, man, when are we gonna get something new?" I was like, "Hey, the ball's in your court." I was like, "You want me to work for you? You gotta come talk to me." And you know. He uh, he claims that I'm the superstar and I have a superstar attitude and things like that. Like, I don't know if he's joking around or what. But I'm like, hey man, like I'm there to talk when you're ready. Um, you know, it, things have obviously changed since the last time I worked there. And you uh-huh. know, we, we got some. If we do talk, it's got to be business related, and you know, we don't talk about that in public. But yeah, because you know, well, I was I was gonna say, the last time I saw you wrestle in person was at an OCCW show. Um, or whatever, so I'm like, well, man, my, my my boy Freddie didn't get booked for that show or whatever, so I was wondering what happened, but for the people who, who don't know, I mean, it's it's just, you know, it it, it goes on and on. It, it, it's I, it's kind of hard to explain, right, Fred? I mean, some guys are like, well, I don't think I'm going to use you for this show, but maybe this show. Well, what about this? And, and it's a whole uh, uh, different thing or whatever. That's kind of where you're at now, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, I mean, I had a health issue in the years that I was taking time away. But then again, he sees me work shows at other promotions, for example, VWE there. 
And yeah. he's like, oh, I didn't, know, he's like, I didn't know you were back. I'm like, what are you talking about? You see me training in your facility every Thursday and Friday. Like, yeah. we, we've, had, we've had time to talk and see what's going on. You know, and, and maybe he's moved on and things like that. And, you know, he's got his yeah. guys that he's trying to help grow. And, you know, like, well, I'm, I'm there to help anybody else. So when I'm and I'm surprised he can even keep up because, like, Delo Jiu-Jitsu has become the hotbed of wrestling now because he's one of the few uh, pro wrestling schools that, you know, has the ring there or whatever. So if you want to rent the place, you know, you can, you could rent it outright and you, you don't have to worry about a ring or whatever. Everything's there. So they've been doing tons of shows, especially during the pandemic. He's one of the few places where you can actually do a show. So I'm surprised he even, you know, can keep up with, with what's going on because there's so much going on over there, which for him is a good thing. But then, like you said, uh, like I, I haven't seen you. Well, that's because you've been doing 14 million shows or whatever, so it's kind of hard to keep track of one person. So the question I have for you is, um, you're working for VWE, you know, different companies. Um, do, do you know if we will ever see you again in OCCW or is it a distinct possibility maybe not you got other things going on we know we're going to see you in the UWC ring but uh, what about OCCW you don't know for sure I mean I would like to I'm, I'm not going to close that door I'm not going to say no I mean like I said it's been just the ball the job court I would like yeah. to be the one for him uh, and build something there you know um, like like you know, I'm, I'm there to help out the young talent as well. You know, like, hey, you know what? Let's, let's do something. Let's see if we can make some money out of it. Make some stories. You know, you've got some new faces there that, that you know, a, a lot of people don't know who's working there with and, and obviously, John doesn't have a great reputation. Which you know yourself, but, you know, he, there's a lot of people that, that badmouth him and this and that. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, I'm one of the few guys that says, hey, man, John's a good guy. Like, never treated me bad. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that he just lives around to me. Like, in all yeah. my respect, John's always treated me with respect. So, yeah. if he wants to work with me and, and we can make something happen, then that'd be great. You know, um, I was the, I was their first Legion Post champion, you know, and, and I, I took that with great honor that, that, you know, that I went to various Legion Posts and, and, and took pictures and cut promos. And I, and I treated that belt with such respect in the sense of, like, hey, Let's make this belt mean something. And like I said, I went all the way to Bakersfield, met the, the, the Legion Post leaders or, or owners. I'm not sure exactly um, how, to, how to word that. And, you know, I talked to them who I was, and they were excited. They were like, hey, how can we get you guys to come wrestle here? I'm like, hey, man, I'll, I'll try to I'll talk to the promoter, and we'll try to get up there. And, you know, I would, I would talk to John about it. Like, hey, John, like, I have these, these posts asking me about doing shows. I mean, I'm the Legion Post champion, and from my understanding, I'm supposed to represent all these posts. Why are we doing shows at other posts? Why are we taking this show on the road? There's, there's, there's a hunger for it, and, you know, it's like, he's like, oh, I don't know, because he's got a turn so far. Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? And I'm like, look, these people want it there. Why aren't we doing anything there? You know? Yeah. That's just part of the business. It's not a territory that people were using. Like, who runs in Bakersfield? Do you know right. anybody that runs in Bakersfield? Absolutely not. But to be honest with you, he's got such a good thing going on right now. He's probably like, man, why am I going to pull up my ring hood and go to Bakersfield when I got tons of people that want to use the venue here? So you, you, you got to kind of see it both ways. He's, he's doing really well, so he's probably like, man, I'm going to, you know, ride this until the wheels fall off, and then maybe later we'll go over there or whatever. But now that everything's starting to open up, 
you know, then people are going to start going elsewhere. So it's going to maybe open it up to maybe go to Bakersfield or something like that. But with, with that being said, that's what happened to us. That's what the meeting, what the big meeting was about today. We, we had everything all set for, for June 27th to do the show at Paul's Photos. But, man, you have no idea of all the stuff that came up. It was, you know, over $1,000 to get older bodies. They wanted a, a 200 something for a parking permit to use the parking structure. I mean, it was just a lot of money. So today oh, yeah. we met. Um, I did a couple of shows at uh, Metroflex in Long Beach, Metroflex Gym, and they're um, they're getting ready to move. They're getting ready to head over to uh, I think the Hawaiian Gardens, like over there by the Long Beach Town Center area. So when I talked to Eddie and said, hey, man, you know, we, we really would like to do the show there because, you know, we, we have that date set. We don't want to lose it. He said, man, no problem. So I'm going to go meet with Eddie tomorrow just to get all the all the loose nets tied up or whatever. So what it looks like now is that we're going to be moving over to the Metroflex gym in Long Beach uh, to, to do the show there. So once tomorrow after we meet and get everything figured out, get everything set in stone, then we can start announcing the matches and what, what we got going on and ticket prices and stuff like that. So that, that's what the big meeting was about today. So with that being said, how do you feel about that? I mean, that's not too far from you, right? Metroflex Gym, that's on like on South Street in between Downey and Paramount. No, that's definitely not too far from me. I mean, it's exciting to have something close, close to the home, you could say. You know, obviously, you being nearby and things like that, like, it's great, you know. It's, it's for me. It's all about building a community that's around us, giving them something to do, people to cheer about. Also, branch out into a new market, you could say in a way. Right. You know, things are things are things that you don't normally get to see near your your home, you know, city per se. Yeah, it's exciting, right. and I hope I hope that you guys work everything out tomorrow, and and hoping that, that we can get the ball rolling. You know, I've never really understood the the, the back end of of putting the show together. You know, obviously talking yeah. to you and and being more involved in other things. Like, I'm like, damn, it does take a lot to, to get a show together. Like, here I was yeah. thinking, you just go to a place like, hey, I'm a promoter. I'd like to put on a show. <laughs> let's go. Like, I'm, I'm, let's go. Like, like you know, I, that's how easy I thought it was. I didn't realize that there's permits involved. And I'm like, like, oh, crap, like, we really got to go through all this. You know, like, well, I had no clue. Well, here's the thing. When you – um when what happens is is wrestling has such a bad reputation that when you go somewhere and say, hey, like, we'd like to do a show here, they go, uh-uh, because I think you're going to thrash the place. So at Metroflex, I did uh, two shows, and, you know, it was mostly lucha, whatever. We were very professional. We made sure everything was cleaned up afterwards, and, you know, we were in and out, made sure everything was done right. But what happened was there was a couple of, of hardcore shows that were done there. And Eddie was telling me he had to stay till 2 o'clock in the morning, that the show didn't finish till 12, so by the time they cleaned up all the, the light tubes and glass from all that, he goes, it took forever to get out of there. So that's that's what I'm saying. When you when you go in, do, even though I lost my ass on both shows, I'm going to be honest, I lost a lot of money, still kept it professional, still made sure everything was taken care of, so when things like this come up, and I give him a call, he's like, absolutely, bro, let me, we'll work something out, man, just come down here, and we'll work something out. So that's that's what we're going to do there. Um, it's good to keep, you know, you got to keep that bridge. You know, you start burning bridges, then you're looking for some other place or whatever. So um, we're going to see him tomorrow. Um, we're going to make sure we get everything set so that we can announce it because June 27th is going to be here before you know it. So we want to make sure we have that thing ready to go, which it looks like we're going to be taking care of business pretty soon. So real quick, let me take the, let me take a quick commercial break. Um, 
Freddie, and then I'm gonna come back. I wanna run a couple of things by you before we get Casey Halstead on here. So hang on real quick. We'll be right back after this so I can get these sponsors going, and then we'll talk some news. Hold on. coincides with what we're talking about of Paul's photos is where we were originally going to do this show, but due to circumstances beyond our control, we weren't able to procure the venue to do that. But Paul's photos is far and away the best store for all your camera needs. Located in the city of Torrance, they have the best prices and professional advice for beginner to pro, still photos or video. Paul's photos will take care of all your photo and video needs. Located at 23845 Hawthorne Boulevard in the city of Torrance. You can call Mark at 310-375-7014, and you can always go to paulsphoto.com. Paul's Photo, ready, willing, and able to help with all your camera needs. Now, we told, you know, uh, I think Manny was going to call uh, call Mark, the owner, and let him know, hey, man, you know, this is what happened. And we, you know, this permit came up and that, and I was, but we said, you know, uh, Paul's Photos has been a big sponsor and helped us out a lot. So we're going to, like... You know, let them know, hey, man, if you, you're more than welcome to come down, bring your students to take the photos and all that stuff. It's just going to be in a different venue. So, you know, Paul's photo will still be a big part, as well as the Arts After Contact or whatever. Hang on a second. Are, uh, are you going through a wind tunnel right now, um, Freddie? Or are you on a sailboat? I'm not sure. I thought, you know, I'm going to have my windows <laughs> open. I, I don't even have the AC on, so I don't know where the wind's coming from. But I'm laughing too because you were just talking about the whole glass and all that, like with Eddie at the Metroplex. And yeah. um, I, like, first let me, let me say, I'm sorry, Eddie. I was one of the ones that I didn't even work those shows, but it was it was somebody that I knew that worked the show, and, and I was the one um, trying to do my best to help pick up all that glass in that place. I do know exactly what you're talking about. Well, see, what I don't get is, you know. When when you come to rent the venue and you say, look, man, we're going to do a hardcore show, there might be some light tubes involved or blah, 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 whatever. I don't know if they, if they got caught off guard and didn't know or whatever, but you know, that, all that stuff has to be taken care of up front so that they know what's happening. Nobody gets caught off. I don't know because I wasn't there. This is just what I heard from him or whatever. But no, this I, is what I'm I, saying. I, I, this is why you have to be professional. You have to say, look, man. We're a hardcore company. We're gonna to have to. We're gonna do this now, but we will be sure to make you know this is taken care of. Blah blah blah, whatever. Because we want to make sure that you. First of all, you want to come back as a company, and second of all, if other people are trying to get venues and keep it, you know, whatever that, that it was like that. So, well, give me your take on it. I mean, were you guys there till two in the morning? Um. Yeah. It was a few times. We were there. Um. Again, I, I, I didn't wrestle the show. Um, I went there to support the company that was there. It was someone that was very close to me. Um, yeah. There was a few times where I got pissed. I was mad that the company didn't have any uh, recruit. And mm-hmm. I was mad because I was like, this is, this is just not right. Like, why why are these the two people that I know are the only ones that are cleaning up? Like, a lot of the boys, and, and, and I want to say boys, um, 
just felt like they were superstars. Like, hey, I'm not going to help clean up. I, I, I only got paid to do wrestling. So while we're doing the cleanup, while I'm doing the cleanup, and keep in mind, I'm not even wrestling, yeah. a lot of these guys were just eating hot dogs and sitting down and, and cracking a beer open. And I'm like, dude, get your asses out and come help clean up. Like, why am I doing this work? Like, I, I can go home at any moment that I want to. But again, yeah. I don't, like, kind of what you said, like, you want to build a good reputation, I think I even borrowed a vacuum from Eddie so that I yeah. can vacuum up a lot of the glass. And the one thing that I never understood was why is it that the first time I went there, the show was outdoors. It was in the parking lot. And it was a little bit easier to clean up, obviously, out there, especially at the dumpsters outside. You could just throw the trash away real quick. But right. the second time that I went there, and... I never understood why they put the ring inside the equipment, they moved, uh, you know, the general equipment. I'm like, the breaking glass indoors, and I'm not even lying to you. I had to take the vacuum to pick up glass um, on the opposite side of where that cage is. You guys know, all yeah. where there's a cage in there. Yeah. Glass made it all the way to the other side of the cage. So
Uh, oh, yeah, now I can hear you. I can hear you. Were you, were you rolling right. with the windows down? No, the windows are up. I, I, maybe it's a bad signal or what. So I, I had you on a headset, actually. I'm not sure why oh. you were getting wind. But now okay, I put now, you in a different audio. Yeah, now I can hear you. I can hear you much better. But real quick before we continue, you're here. Yeah, UWC. Don't forget you to check out United Wrestling Council. We talked to – I call him Cody Rhodes because he was my producer back in my OTM days. And we tried to send him some stuff to keep the, the, the website going, but he's steadily working on it. I got to send him some more stuff. I got to get uh, Manny's daughter involved so we can get that going. But we are making a concerted effort to work on it, so we'll make sure we keep everybody up to date on that. So – one thing I want to get Freddie's uh, opinion on, okay? Freddie, if you can hear me, are you, you hear me, bro? Can, are we good? Because I can hear you. I hear okay, you 100%. Good. I heard every single word you said. Bro. Okay, good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this out there, and then you give me your, your opinion, okay? Because I think it is the stupidest thing on earth, the dumbest, just the dumbest, dumbest thing for wrestling is not only to have somebody be a double champ, which I think you and I talked about before, but now a triple champ because now Kenny Omega holds the AAA belt, he holds the AEW belt, and he holds the um, Impact belt. To me, that that first of all, they buried Impact before they could even get started. I think Tony Khan is trying to become a Vince McMahon, start buying up uh, companies and territories and just burying them just because he's just getting to be like Vince to where he just wants to – rule the wrestling world and I thought that that was the dumbest thing ever to put Kenny Omega over and and he's got two belts now I think it's just dumb and I don't understand why somebody has to have three belts triple a I I kind of get that a little bit because it's like we got this outsider that's that's took our belt and they're what they're talking about now is Andrade coming to triple a and and you know, going for that belt. That that kind of makes sense, but still, I think that, that's the dumbest thing ever. Give give me your thoughts on that. So I I saw the I saw what you're talking about. I saw what happened over the weekend. Um, my first question is 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 who's winning? What promotion is winning in this situation? Um, oh does, does does winning the belt from one promotion, uh, for example, Kenny Omega winning the belt from TNA, who who does that really help? That helps. Is that going to help TNA in any way? Um, same question goes for the AAA belt. By him winning the belt, is that going to win? Who's winning? What does what what AAA get out of it? You know? Um, right. Having, having, having him be the candidate for all three things is, is, is in my opinion, um, this is my opinion, my opinion only, so if anybody wants to give me crap, give me crap, go ahead. Um, I don't think it's a smart idea. Um, I'm not a fan of it because it's going to cause controversy because at the end of the day, um, Kenny Omega answers to uh, Tony Khan, so obviously Tony Khan is going to take what's in best interest for him and his guy, so that his his company doesn't look stupid. So therefore, you got to find a way for him to clean uh, to to him. You know, when 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 push comes to shove, when he loses his belt, um, it, it it's not going to be in a way where where it's going to look right. You know, like what's what's to say? Let's say let's, I'm going to use you as an example, Bobby. Let's say you're working for AAA, and you go up against Kenny Omega, and you you win the belt by by some form of uh, dirty tactic. Fans are just going to sit there and, and think that hey, the only reason he won, you know, is because he he, he used a dirty tactic, he used the chair per se. Like, right. It, it makes you look bad, but he still looks good and clean. 
So it makes, it makes you as a AAA guy, people are just going to be like, oh, well, we only won because he hit him with the chair. You know, that doesn't mean he's better than Kenny Omega. So you're still you just going to make yourself look bad and the company bad. You're never going to be yeah. seen as, as a credible champion. You know? Yeah. So, you know, and, and, you, and you know how it is. There's guys that work for companies and, and other promotions, and they're like, hey, I can't lose tonight. Why? Um, <laughs> for my contract. Yeah. Well, it, well, shit. It, it don't make any sense. Yeah. It don't doesn't make any sense. Well, put it this way. Let, let's say you're Brian Cage. Or let's say you're Brian Cage or John Moxley, uh, uh, Moose, or somebody like that. That's telling me that 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 we're, there's nobody here that's good. That, you know that we're such a horrible bunch of wrestlers that this guy has to have both belts because. There's nobody else that can, that can handle it. Nobody else can be the full ornament for the company. So, I mean, that's kind of slapping them in the face and, and doing that. I mean, am, am I wrong? Or, or that's, what I, that's what I take from it. Yeah, like, you're going to tell me that out of all that roster, nobody is good enough to be your champion. So now this other guy from another promotion, he's the guy you want? It's like, well, in that case, why don't you just sign him to, to a contract for anybody else needs? You believe in somebody right. that works for somebody else? You should have got him in the first place. Right. Like, it, 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 it has to be vague. It's got to be something huge, and I and I and I'm hoping that it's something big and, and a big payoff. Like, kind of, we just talked about the big money match, right? Yeah. There better be some big butt match when when this match is happen. As far as you know, when 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 the time comes and, and things like that, because right now it to me it doesn't make any sense. Right. And and let's let's put it this way. I get it. I get Kenny Omega as the AEW champ because that dude could work anybody. He can go to Mexico and, and defend the belt. He can go to Japan and and defend the belt or whatever. But not fifteen different million belts. That that's all I'm saying. John, I'm, I'm gonna be the first to tell you when John Moxley left WWE and went to New Japan. I thought this guy's gonna get lost. He has no idea. But he made a believer out of him. Man, that dude looked really good in New Japan, and he became the United States, you know, N- NJPW, you know, United States champion. He, he, he showed me something. So then, like, okay, this is what I, what I think. Roman Reigns is the champion for WWE. That's the only champion he could be. I, I don't see Roman Reigns going to Japan and defending the belt or going to Mexico or whatever. It, it's different stuff. But you put that belt on Cesaro or you put it on Shinsuke Nakamura, they can go anywhere. They can defend the belt against anybody. It doesn't matter where you're from, what your style is, or whatever. Those dudes can go. Now, will we agree on that, or, or do you think Roman Reigns? I think if Roman Reigns got sent to Mexico, he would have no idea how to adapt. What do you think? I, I, I as a professional, I would expect him to learn how to adapt. I actually think he would have to learn. Um, but right. something that just popped in my head. Something that just popped in my head. Um, going back real quick to Kenny Omega. So he's the champion of all three promotions, right? Right. What What happens if he gets injured? Because <laughs> so they're going to have the, the biggest tournament ever. It's not only the biggest tournament ever, but you're going to have a tournament in three different promotions for a new champion. Right. Right. So, it's going to throw a monkey so wrench in everything. Everything gets thrown off, off, off the boat here. At least if he's a champion of one promotion and, and God forbid he gets injured, because I'm not risking, I'm not wishing injury on anybody. But hey, we work in a, in a business that is very, uh, uh, you know, risky for your body. 
what if you blow the Z? Like, are you, are you, you just blew whatever you were going, just all these belts are just going to be handed back to everybody. One go, oh, here's your belt back. Here's your belt back. <laughs> like, yeah, sorry, you know. <laughs> We were just playing. He's hurt, so we're going to go back to letting you be the champ now and, and, and yeah. slap him in the face. Makes no sense. Well, real quick, I, uh, Freddie, i got to take the break because i got to get Casey Hall sitting here. So we're going to talk a little bit. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk a little jiu-jitsu and stuff, but I want to come back and run a, a couple of more things by you real quick. So let's put this over here. Let's take the quick break. We'll be right back after this with Casey Halstead, and then we'll finish up with some more wrestling news. Hold on, everybody. shaking and getting this stuff out of here so that's why the commercials are so short but real quick for the people listening don't forget yards after contact <laughs> gotta check out yards after contact printing service apparel and of course custom cornhole boards check them out at yardsaftercontact.com and check out their facebook page got great pictures of some of their work and you can check out the custom shirts worn by our own manny pinson the owner and proprietor of the united wrestling council that's yards after contact Get your custom gear today. Got to check them out because they got some pretty cool stuff. We were all wearing our yards, uh, yard, yards, our UWC shirts today to the meeting because uh, they were pretty cool. Uh, Freddie, man, if you would have been at the uh, at the uh, photo shoot, we would have hooked you up. If you'd have been at the meeting today, we would have hooked you up or whatever. But we haven't been able to get together or whatever. So as soon as we do, we'll, we'll uh, get your shirt for you. You're uh, what size? Your medium? I am. A, I, I, I am. A- here's the thing we will give you an extra large but you have to cut it so that it's a half top and wear it with some dolphin shorts and some uh long tube socks with the two stripes how about that oh man that's, <laughs> this is gonna be interesting who's supplying the tube socks That'll be your new gimmick. Hey, where are you going to go places, bro? We've got, we got plans for you. But let me give Casey Halstead a call real quick. We'll talk some jiu-jitsu, and then we'll finish up and talk some news, get get a couple of more thoughts on Freddie Gabriel. Hello? Hey, Casey, it's Fabiano. You're live on UWC. Can you hear me, my friend? I can hear you. How you doing, brother? Uh, I'm doing good. Man, so much to talk about, but real quick for the people listeners, you're here. You're at UWC. Don't forget you can check out the United Wrestling Council on all the uh, major, major networks, so we'll make sure we keep everybody up to date. But on the line with me right now, somebody, when I was watching the fights last night, and I'm watching Casey, I go, man, there's so much, you know, I want to talk about, but he's so busy. I want to try to catch him. That's why I can catch him hopefully on a Sunday after the fight. So a bunch of stuff I want to talk to you about. Real quick, my co-host, Freddie Gabriel, is on the road trying to get home. Real quick, say hi to Casey Halstead, Freddie. On the road again. Hey, Casey, how's it going, man? I'm doing well, Freddie. How are you, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. As, as Bobby said, I'm, I am I am a terrible co-host. I'm here driving home safely and, and <laughs> properly. So anybody listening, well, yes, yeah, so I am on with you. <laughs> Take well, it easy. 
Casey, Casey Halstead has been around the pro wrestling game, especially when, he were, when we were all training together. And you have to have a regular job because that doesn't pay the bills. So, you know, you can't blame him for, for you know, coming home from work or whatever. But first of all, Cody, I, I got to tell you, man, that um, that Cody Stamen has got to be the toughest guy I've ever seen. I mean, that fight went back and forth. And, you know, I mean, I, I was literally in my seat going, God dang, you know, he would take a shot, but he would just keep coming forward, man. Just And you can see, and uh, I, I can't pronounce, I'll probably murder his name, uh, De La Vichy or whatever his name was. You could see in his face, he's like, man, I'm hitting this dude with everything I got, and he's still coming. So real quick, before we get into talking some, some serious jiu-jitsu and stuff, when he got back to the corner, I could kind of, it's weird because when you're at the uh, at the apex or the training center or whatever, you can kind of hear what's going on. And I was trying to hear if they were going to say, hey, look, man, cut that distance. Get him to the ground, man. Get, you know, try, try to try to get him to the ground. Either pound him out or get a submission. Can, before that last round, can you tell us what, what the instructions were before they sent him back out? Yeah, before. So, strangely enough, I mean, Maraba. Sorry about that. Uh, Maraba is the guy that we fought. You know, we. Yes. They trying to schedule that fight for a long time. And I've actually trained a lot with Marab. Uh, he, he's in town here in Vegas a ton because Aljo has a house out here. So we, yeah. so we all kind of train and we've been training together. I mean, Marab and Cody are in the same practices a lot of times. So, uh, you know, once we booked the fight, he got pulled out for COVID once. So Marab is averaging, I think like 10 takedowns a fight, right? So, yeah. Uh, don't, the whole plan going into this fight was keep it standing and try to knock him out. And, uh, you know, when, when he does get to take down, you know, wrestle back up. And I, I feel like accomplished everything we wanted to do on the ground. We could have been a little bit more busy when we were on top, you know, elbows and punches. And that's something that Cody and I have already talked about today. We're going to yeah. get to the bottom of that. But um, a lot of those big shots that Marab was landing were, were actually landing on Cody's shoulders. Uh, you know, we were ready for that big right hand, and we were rolling. He caught Cody good, real, real good one time. Um, yeah. Cody was never hurt. Cody was never hurt. We were, we were rolling a lot of those shots. But going into the third round, you know, obviously, like, it was very close. I mean, I haven't rewatched it, so I don't know. I could be, I could be speaking out of school, but you know, on the on the sideline, you know, when we're coaching, it was pretty close. I felt like. We had, I felt like we had to go and really get that third round and try to finish him. So the message was, let's just, you know, we got to go. Now it's time to go. We got to start banging on him. And we just, you know, it was one of those situations where we just couldn't put four punches together. I felt like Cody was uh, throwing twos and occasionally three, and we were, we were catching him on that hook on the exit. And I felt like if we would have just put one more in there, we would have been able to get him. But, um, you know, fuck, it's just the way that it goes sometimes. And, and, you know, <clears throat> here's the thing, because judges, all judges are different. You know, they're, they're, I don't know what the specific criteria is, but this is just me. If if you're coming forward and you're pressing the fight or whatever, I, I, to me, that shows a lot. If you're backpedaling and using, I've seen guys literally turn their back and run, you know, or whatever. I'm, I'm, it's like, I'm not going to give you the, the points or give you the, the control or whatever. That's what I look for. The guy just keeps coming forward and he's going for stuff. Even if he's on his back, he's going for a submission or whatever. But like they say, you know, all judges are different. So 
it just I guess it just depends because it was a close fight. If you watch it again, it was a lot closer than people thought, at least from what I could see. But I mean, I don't know so much if I would have if I would have given him the fight or whatever. But he kept coming forward. He was taking shots, but he still kept and he still was looking for the take. He still throwing punches or whatever. So. You know, I, I guess it just depends on who the judges are or whatever, and we can get into a whole discussion about that. I mean, Casey, you know, especially doing the radio show forever, the constantly that, that's a constant issue or whatever. So, but I got to tell you, man, I've never seen that dude out of shape. I've never seen that dude not going for, for you know, the submission or not coming forward or whatever. So even though you know he came up a little bit short, I think it's it. it when Dana sees stuff like that or or, or the the Sean Shelby or whatever, they know. They know. They say, hey, man, that guy was kept coming forward. He he wants to fight. He keeps, you know, coming forward and making making the fight. So I think he's going to be fine. I think they're going to, you know, put him against somebody else, and he'll do even better. So that, that to me, that's what, I, that's what I got. And I don't know about you. You, you must be dying on that side. Like, because when it's somebody that you know or who you're familiar with, man, it, it's a whole different thing watching the fight. You know, I'm, I'm jumping up and down. My, my TMJ on the side hurts from gnashing my teeth. You know, when you're crunching your teeth or whatever, my jaw is sore. It must be killer for you. Uh, yeah, man. You know, we don't make any excuses for a fight. Like, yeah. Cody is a Cody's a champion. He's an athlete. Sorry about this yeah. thing, man. That's okay. Something on my keychain that my wife put on. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we don't make any excuses. We don't want to win decisions. We want to get finishes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Marab, Marab is a master at winning fights exactly like that. And that was one of the yeah. things that, you know, we knew we knew that we couldn't fight him the way that we ended up fighting him just because he's going to do just enough to win. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're going to go back to the drawing board. We're going to learn from it. And I think Cody's still one of the top guys in the world. I mean, you know, he's this is the first time he's had two losses in his career, you know, coming off of that Jimmy Rivera loss yeah. at Abu Dhabi on, I think it was – uh, 10 days or 12 days notice, and then and then this fight has been a roller coaster just trying to get it. But we got to do better. The adjustments have already been made. We got a meeting, a lunch meeting tomorrow. We're gonna sit down. We're gonna hammer it all out, and uh, yeah. I promise you, it's gonna come roaring back. Well, dude, I I have no doubt, no doubt. I mean, that dude is always in shape and bringing it and all that, so I have absolutely no doubt. But real quick, for the people listeners, you're here, you're at UWC Radio. Of course, I got my co-host Fred Gabo with me, and we're talking to Casey Halstead, talking a little bit about um, last night's UFC fights or whatever. But, you know, Casey, I listen to everything, man. I mean, I'm constantly, even if I'm in the car or whatever, I'm listening to to podcasts and stuff like that. And you you did a podcast not too long ago, and in when I was listening, I thought, man, you know, that's right. When when um, you you opened your own place, I believe it was in, in, in the Orange County or whatever, Costa Mesa, if I'm not mistaken, I didn't even think about that. There were so many places, like you said, Colin Oyama's place, uh, Jiva Santana, and, and things like that. And, and in pro wrestling, we talk a lot about getting out of your comfort zone. Like, you know, if this guy's got a different style, I, I don't know if I want to, you know, go over there or I don't know if I want to go to Mexico and hone my skills because it's different. But you, I mean, it seems like you had no problem. You say, hey, look, man, I, I'm not, I mean, I know you're familiar with Vegas, but to up, get up and move to Vegas is a whole different story. And that's, to me, that seems like getting out of your comfort zone. Real quick, talk a little bit about that. Did you go back and forth and say, well, look, man, my roots are here. I'm, I might want to stay here, but I think I'm going to go over here and, and, and try it and take a chance and, and roll the dice and, and see what happens over there. How, how did all of that come about? 
Well, that's a, that's a great question. You know, uh, my wife and I have been trying to have kids for like eight years, and, and we ended up uh, doing a vitro fertilization. And I've never taken any time off of work. I mean, you know, the wrestling game is the same as the MMA game. There's really no in it. So, yeah. you know, you're, 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 you're training, you're working, you're just trying to make ends meet. Uh, I had a really good job for an oil major, and I had already opened up a few gyms. I think at the time we had Buena Park, Costa Mesa, and Orange, and then I had Classic Fight Team with Tyler Wampus. Yeah. And, uh, and so, like, we were we were starting to finally hit our groove, and we were moving and shaking. And uh, because we had a child, I was I was 40 years old, and uh, 41, actually, and I'd never taken any time off of work, and I took 12 weeks for a family medical leave act. And uh, just being home with my kids, you know, I, I had a teenage daughter and then a new baby at home. And I was just thinking to myself, I just can't do this traffic. I can't do these mortgages. Yeah. And I just, I decided on a Sunday night that I was just going to Vegas. And you know me, man, like, we opened up next to AOJ, Jiva, yeah. DFT, all these good gyms. And Jiu-Jitsu is not what I'm selling, man. I, I'm selling, I'm selling my culture over everything. So our team's always been about self-defense, health and fitness. And, and team, and we're creating, we create an environment. If, I, if I'm trying to just sell only jujitsu, I'm going to lose, man. So yeah. I look at it like, I look at it like I'm the only difference between you going home and having beer and watching a Laker game or coming and training. So every right. night I teach, it's a seminar, you know, and, and yeah. my whole goal is to put major league sports out of business. That's my whole goal. I want, I don't want, I feel like if my students stay home and watch a football game on Monday night, I'm not doing what I need to do. I need to make my classes so crazy and dynamic that people – so, yeah, to answer your question, you know, I decided on a Sunday night to move to Vegas, and I never thought twice about it, and we just bounced out here. And then, and then uh, I knew I could compete with anybody just because I know, I know how to run a room and I know how to run a practice. And so here we are five, almost six years later – and we got two locations here in Vegas and yeah. pushing up on 600 students, and we're doing just fine. Yeah, but, you know, I think that's that's you. You know, as a, I think you were made to be a coach because even way back then, if you, if you look, I put up a, a video. It was from 2009, if I'm not mistaken, and it was the second time I went to go compete at Grappler's Crest. And, and I, dude, even though I had competed before, I, I was still nervous. And Casey, I don't know why, I don't know where he, he just all of a sudden he grabbed me and goes, hey, bro, let's warm up and put me in his guard. And we just started rolling and, and getting ready. And I did really well on my first one. I won by points. And then the second guy got hurt, so I got a bye, and I went to the finals. But if you look at that, that tape that I put up, I think we had a bunch of people competing, so you had to go help somebody else or whatever, and it was way on the other side. So I was kind of kind of by myself. I think Sergio was there with me or whatever. And then they waited until the other two mats finished before they went to mine because of the referee. So it was like all eyes were on me. But for some reason, I wasn't as nervous, just warming up and, you know, Casey helping me, you know, just get warmed up and put me in his guard and moving and, and, and just, you know, I just I just felt fine. I ended up, if you, please, if you get a chance to look at that, because I did fall into the arm bar. I mean, and I no excuses. I was, I had trained, I was in shape, but it seemed like when he got the arm bar, he came completely off the mat. So he had the leverage, you know, going all the way down or whatever. If, if you get a chance, 
check it out. But that's what the point I I'm will. trying to make it. The point I'm trying to make is I think that was your calling is to, is to be a coach because I always felt comfortable. I, I always, you know, especially that because I had been training for a while and I, I rolled a little bit with Casey, but not as much as you like with other people like, you know, Ron Turner and, and people like that. And, to, and for to just go, hey, Fabi, let's warm up. Boom. I was like, oh, fuck. All right. You know, or whatever. So I think to uh, me, no, it seems like that was your calling. I, I feel, you know, I, I mean, I, I feel comfortable coaching guys, you know, it's it's hard. It's not easy just because like yeah. I feel like I feel like there's a few kinds of coaches, but in general, like the ones you're gonna see, you have these like really arrogant coaches, and when the fighter wins, it's because they were coached right, and when the fighter <laughs> loses, it's because it's because the fighter didn't do what the coach was telling him to do. There's guys like that out there, and then yeah. there's guys like me. And I I always feel like my fighters win because they're prepared and they go out and make it happen. And then when they yeah. lose, for example, like I haven't gotten any sleep since Cody's fight. I mean, I've been up just analyzing everything <laughs> and I, and I feel a hundred percent like it's my fault. And this shit is just not easy, man. I'm, I'm going to have a fucking heart attack because of it. You know, like <laughs> I, try, man, I, I care so much about these guys. Like if you see me cornering somebody on the road, it's because I love them. Like I don't, yeah. I don't need the money. So I'm not coaching people for the money. My gyms, I make plenty of money like that. So when when you see me with someone, it's because I care. And man, yeah. I I just can't, dude. It's it's rough, man. I wish I could it's... cut my finger off, Cody. That way, man, I would have done it. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny that you say that because after that competition, I remember we we were gonna um I think we were gonna stay the night, but we didn't want to pay the the extra day for car rental, so we drove home after that. And it was in Vegas. It was Grappler's Quest at, at the, the little center that was by the uh, airport over there. And the ride home seemed like it was a half hour because you sit there and you might go, man, if I would have just did this or if this would have happened or if I – and you're, the whole time your wheels are just spinning thinking of what you what you could have done or what went wrong or whatever. So when you say, yeah, man, I was up all night or whatever, I totally get what you're saying. And it must be even more for you because, you know, we're on a, on a high level or whatever. But it's like you said, man, if you didn't care, you know, that that wouldn't happen. So that's that's what makes the difference. But anyways – Real quick, because we're, we're running up against the clock or whatever, but for the people listeners, you're here at UWC. We're talking to Casey Halstead, talking a little bit about, you know, jujitsu and, and getting prepared and coaching and stuff like that. But I'm, I got to leave you with this, Casey. I, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I worked for Tap Out for seven years, and then I went to Sinister, and then I worked for On The Mat for almost eight years before this COVID hit and everything like that. So I got to tell you, man, the jujitsu community as a, as a whole is, is amazing. When we, uh, I can't remember what happened. Oh, Scotty was going to open up something, a Chispa hospital ever. So he was going to shut down OTM radio and he got inundated with calls and people say, no, nah, man, you know, can you keep that going? Cause that's a place where we can, you know, get our stuff out there. We could talk about, you know, jujitsu and, and, and keep it in the loop or whatever, and maybe put some instructional stuff on, on the mat.com or whatever. So that kept us going. So, now, even though I I got two different shows for for pro wrestling, and I keep the MMA in the mix and the jujitsu, I got a call from him uh, the week before last, and he says, "Hey man, you know people want to get get OTM back on the on the radio or on the podcast or whatever, so we need to get something going." So the so the jujitsu community as a whole has brought me back two times, not just once but twice, and Scotty's got all these plans to to get everything going and. 
he's talking about opening back up in Vegas. Because let me tell you something. When we had the Vegas uh, on the map store, we didn't even have to book anybody. We would just go down there, set up all the equipment, and just so many people would be walking in, buying equipment and stuff like that. It was, it was the, When that place closed down, I literally started crying because we had so much fun and so much, you know, going on over there in Vegas. So now he's talking about bringing that back and that would be great. Talking about getting up and leaving. If he, if he opens up a shop in Vegas, I'm going to try to head out there too, because like you said, California is the cost of living over here is ridiculous. So um, I'm saying the jiu-jitsu community really has surprised me as far as like being together and and making sure everybody, you know, keeps it going or whatever. You kind of get that, especially out there being in Vegas, got to be like that out there too, right? Oh, it's insane, man. You know, I always say jujitsu is like skateboarding, you know, and, and it's really cool to see, like, jujitsu heads building jujitsu. Yeah. As a matter of fact, me and Scotty are pretty close, and I just went to Chipsaw Hospital about a month ago, yeah. and uh, I got, like, the full stem cell treatment down there, man. They, yeah. Scotty and Ed Clay, they got an amazing operation, man. I can't wait to go back. I was there for four days, and yeah. uh, I think I'm I'd head back there in about a month and get get another follow up treatment. Yeah, and and it's it, you know I can't call call you couldn't call Scotty go hey man let's bring this back over because when you're building hospitals and taking care of people like that I mean that that takes priority or whatever but even for him to call me and say hey man I got everything going now they want to bring it back let's do something I'm like absolutely man I mean it's just it's just amazing how it's you know come so far and come to the forefront, whatever. And, and it's great. It's brought a lot of people together and I appreciate it. But real quick for the people is, is make sure you check out Casey Halstead. Um, he keeps everybody up to date, you know, on all his social media, please, man, please. When you see Cody tell him, we watch the fight. Absolutely. You know, close fight, you know, never, never a doubt that that guy's coming to, to, to fight. I mean, dude's always in shape, kept coming forward. So we're definitely proud of him or whatever. It's kind of hard to, we, we never used to get, when we were doing interviews and stuff like that, when the UFC, when we actually were with them, you never really wanted to go and talk to somebody after because they're so, you know, kind of, you know, like we're saying, God, I wish I could have just done this. So we kind of let them calm down and then we would get them or whatever. So I think that's kind of where we're at now. But like Casey said, going to meet up tomorrow and just get, get back to it and, you know, get right back on it. So we look for good things ahead of that. So other than that, Casey, what else you got going on, man? I know you got 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu out there in Vegas. You got your classes going on there. What else you got going on? Man, we're just grinding. Shopnogeek.com. It's it's, uh, it's my clothing company. We're doing pretty good with that. You know, just growing growing the culture of no-gi grappling here in Vegas. I got my kids wrestling in college. Yes. And, you know, they're doing what well. They're coming home in the middle of this month for the summer, so I'm looking forward to that. You know, just trying trying to spread the good word and keep kids out of trouble, man. That's all I want to do. Well, I know as soon as Scotty uh, is ready, he's going to call me. We're going to meet up in Vegas, start maybe scouting a location and get some stuff together. So we're definitely going to stop by 10th Planet uh, out there in Vegas. Check out Casey also. Maybe I can get some live stuff so I can put it up on video, and it would be great, man. Hey, man, for me, I appreciate what you do. I appreciate, the you know, even though it was – almost 11, 12 years ago, you helping me, you know, and stuff like that, but it's for the level of the sport, man. So I can't thank you enough. And it's whenever I have something that I need to, to talk about or whatever, I can always call Casey and say, Hey, look, man, I saw this, you know, what, how do we escape this or, you know, what goes on here or whatever. So it's good that we have somebody like Casey that we can go to so we can get, you know, legit, you know, help when we want some stuff like that. So Casey, a million thank yous for coming on. I'll see you soon. All right, my friend. Pleasure. Hit me up when you get out of here. I'll take you to dinner. 
Oh, sounds like a plan, man. Uh, for the people listening, don't forget, check out Casey Halstead, 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu out there in Vegas. I'll keep everybody posted up on that. Freddie and I will be right back to wrap everything up. Casey Halstead, everybody, make sure you check him out. I'll talk to you soon, my man. All right, thank tell you, man, uh, that, that the fights yesterday were off the chain, man. Even the, the pay-per-view before, uh, good fights and stuff like that, but I was watching the, the UFC, and I've known Casey for quite some time, man, and, and you know, man, when it's those close fights like that, you just, you're grinding your teeth and hoping, you know, they get it, but like you said, uh, we're going to have to take you with us, uh, Freddie, to, to Vegas, man. We've got so many uh, syndicate MMA, extreme couture, and of course, Casey at 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu uh, Vegas. There's a lot of places we gotta we got to go, but here's the thing. When we rent the car, I don't want to pay that extra day, so I'll, you know, you, we'll go early in the morning, we'll hit all these gyms, we'll eat, We'll do whatever, but then we're driving home that night because I don't want to pay that extra day. So hopefully we'll be able to, to get that going and, and go check it to the turnaround. And we'll we'll hit everybody up over there. We'll we'll make sure we talk to everybody, get some live stuff or whatever. You down for something like that, Freddie? Man, this sounds like a fun trip. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm totally down for something like that. Well, do when, even, when... Think... Go ahead. I was I'll even let somebody judo toss me just to put it on the, on the on the video. I thought you were saying you were gonna say I didn't even take a bath or something. I just got a piece of that until you said so I was checking out some of the the classes and stuff. But um, this dude, when we first Sergio and I first moved over to OTM on the mat with 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 uh, Scotty Nelson, Extreme Couture uh, had just opened in Vegas. He called us at I think it was ten o'clock that night on a Friday night, and he said, hey, man, the grand opening is Saturday. Can you guys be in Vegas Saturday morning? They're going to open at 8, and I want to get some people live at 8 o'clock the next day or whatever. And we're like, yeah, man, no problem. Dude, we we threw some stuff in the bag. We got everything set because we had to take all the recording equipment. Maybe got an hour and a half sleep or whatever, and we're there the next day by by 8 o'clock. And it was one of the best times we ever had. I mean, we had so much fun. We were tired. We probably three bags of tobacco. I, I, I'm going to go on record as saying we probably drank three, which is really bad. Three of those. It's when the, the energy drink first came out for, um, I can't remember which one it was, but it was, I mean, dude, we were, we were buzzing because we had to stay up or whatever, but it was like one of the best times we had. So we'll have to do that with Freddie, get him, get him out there. Uh, how many energy drinks can you handle? I only need one, one, one good bang energy <laughs> drink and I'm good. And I'm good for the whole day. I mean, I, I've gone 24 hours. I've gone 24 hours away on just one energy drink. So if I time it right, I'm gonna be all right. Yeah, that's the tradition. You 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 go, and then uh, you you have coffee or whatever. You stop at the at the train station in Barstow, get some coffee at McDonald's for that last two hours or whatever. Do whatever you gotta do, and then on the way back, you stop at the state line where everybody else does. You grab some energy drinks there. Now. Monster energy drinks, whatever, usually about what two, two fifty a can. You stop at that at that state line, 
they're like 350, 450. <laughs> you got 40,000 miles till you get to Barstow, so you got to load up right there. So they raised the prices. That's the only place you can get a $5 foot dog for eight bucks or whatever. So but everybody stops there because that's the last place until you get going uh, to Barstow or whatever. So you load up there. And then you you uh, you head back home or whatever. So we got to do that, man, because uh, we got so much. Vegas is like the hotbed, not only now of of grappling and jujitsu, but of wrestling too. You have FSW out there, Future Stars of Wrestling. Uh, there's a couple of different promotions that are running, and even now Chris Crody, Super BC, opened up a place out there or whatever. So there's like a ton of places that you can hit and get your interviews and talk to a bunch of different people and create some relationships. So we're definitely going to have to do that soon. You know what I'm saying, Freddie? No, definitely. I mean, I even have a good relationship with Tim Bodie. I know Tim Bodie's out there as well. Yeah. 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 Great teacher. I mean, that guy, that guy's a good, uh, a good teacher uh, and knows the business and knows the art like of, of drawing the people in and, and keeping them wanting more or whatever. So we definitely look forward to that. Now, before we get out of here, give, give me your thoughts on um, Jack Cartwheel, Jack Cartwright, because Vito and him had the big, uh, the big hair versus hair match, and Vito ended up losing the the belt, or not the belt, losing his hair. So I, I got to see some highlights of that match, and some of the stuff that I saw that kid do, I was like, man, you know, I, I've got to work with them, and I just, I told you, I barely caught him, but I just caught a piece of him or whatever, so I wasn't really paying too much attention, but now, I mean, this dude, he did like almost a 450 into Huracarana on Vito, and I'm like, hey, man, this kid, you know, is, is, is on a different level. Give, give me your thoughts on this kid. You think this kid might have a shot at, at making it? Um, my opinion on Jack Cartwheel, um, he's going to sign by the end of this year somewhere he's going to finish um, Yeah, he's, he's, a talented, he's a talented kid and he's got a lot of talent and young guys who not only is talented, but he listens. He takes advice. Yeah. He, he wants to learn. He's out there doing it. But I just saw him wrestle uh, yesterday. I was going to run out for a little while, and I got to go see him. And he wrestled at the OCCW show that was going on down yesterday. And he wrestled, um, I'm not sure who his name was, he was somebody that's from North Southern California. Um, and they wrestled an amazing match. Um, yeah. Blown away. Um, and I know he was doing big things. And he, you know, the, the, it is, it is, you know, I can't something that is not seen. Um, hey. Hang, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You broke broke up big time. I heard um, he wrestled somebody from OCCW, and then everything kind of went haywire. Are you? Can, can you hear me? You you still there, Freddie? If you can hear me. All right. Hold on a second. Good lord. Okay, I'm I'm gonna take a quick break. And I'm going to come back and get it back up. Hang on. him the number hopefully 
That'll help. Let me take another quick break. Make sure you got it. Hang on. I didn't want to, I started doing, oh, there he is. Hang on one second. Let's make sure this is him right here. Hey, Freddie. This is, is me. This I, I, was, I could hear ah. you, and you couldn't hear me for some reason, <laughs> but I was hearing you. So Ooh, I'm going to jump right into it because I know, I know we're running across the clock here. Go for it. Okay. Uh, so as I was saying, Jack Cartwright, unbelievable guy. I might be a little bit biased here just because of, of I know that he trains with with me and all that good stuff, but he's definitely yeah. one guy that, that that makes everybody better around him. I got the chance to, to work out with him finally one on one a few times, and every time I've been able to work with him and train with him and, and just like see what he can do and what I can do, he pushes yeah. me to another level, and that's that's something that that he's good at. He, he makes everybody around him better, um, and I, he's good. Like the best, like I said, my, my favorite thing about him honestly is that. He's humble, he's young, and he's, he's he's willing to listen. And there's a lot of guys out there that if you tell them something, they're like, they look at you like, well, who the hell are you to tell me, you know, anything? Yeah. You know, like, I'm, and, and it sucks. But no, yeah. he's definitely got a good attitude, good head on his shoulders. He had this unbelievable and, match this this past weekend. Uh, like I was saying, he wrestled a guy from Northern California, and um, I, I don't know who he was. It was somebody that, that I'm not familiar with. And they put on a hell of a match. Yeah, and I think him, him and Vito work so well because Vito's a big dude, so he can catch him. You know what I mean? Because the stuff he does, I mean, you gotta, you, you know, I don't want to pull the curtain back too much, but you gotta trust that guy or whatever. So I think that that has a lot to do with it. But you know, when you have a show, you know, you get those emails and you get the you get the the messages because yo, there's always gonna be haters. So people say, oh, he's too short. He's never going to make it. He's a gymnast that's just doing gymnast moves out there or whatever. And I'm like, dude, this is all people who've never been in the ring before. You know what I mean? Or, or Monday morning quarterback and whatever. I'm, I've been in this business a long time. When I saw him, I thought, man, <clears throat> that gymnast background, must there must be something to it because of the stuff that he did. I'm like, damn, man, this kid. First of all, I'm waiting to see if he's going to break his neck. And he comes out of it. And I'm like, damn, I'm just looking at him going, wow. You know, I was thoroughly impressed just <clears throat> not only wrestling with him, but seeing the stuff that he could do. You know what I'm saying? You know, the same people that say this crap, right? Like, oh, he's a gymnast and he's, he's only, he's only <laughs> a gymnast are probably, and again, I am not dogging this person, but I know the way people think nowadays. And these are probably the same people that love Jake Atlas. And Jake yeah. Atlas is an unbelievable talent, but because, you know, they, they he's he's worked his ass off to get where he's at, 
They fell in yeah. love with Jake Atlas. And Jake Atlas, again, is another guy who deserved to be signed by NXT. And I'm glad yeah. he's there, and I hope that he does something big, not only for himself, but to prove a lot of people that, that have probably said the same thing that they say about Jack, that, you know, yes. oh, that, he's, that he's only a gymnast. And, no, I mean, it's one thing to, to, to say, oh, this guy's a gymnast. But, hell, if I was young, if I was this guy's kid, I wish I would have known this when I was training back in 2001. Yeah. I would have taken the gym class. I would have taken, you yeah. know, I want to do. A, I want to be able to do a a, a backflip. You know, I would love yeah. to do some some of this stuff that he does and have the. It's not really do the stuff, but it's to have the um the courage, the right. uh, the confidence to do these things because it's not easy being in the ring. Especially, you don't know if you're gonna slip on a rope. You don't know if somebody's sweat is yeah. on the rope. You don't know how. You know, what if what if what if uh you're what if some guy that you're wrestling is is sweating profusely. And then he gets up there, and, and the the top rope is covered in sweat, and and he's yeah. he easily, you know. So he has confidence. He's a good kid. He's got a good size as far as body size. He takes care of himself, you know. I know that you know there, there's some other things that he does outside of the ring that 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 make him stand out to me even more. That's going to help him in the long run. And I wish him all the best. And, and I'm grateful mm-hmm. that he helps out the way he helps out. And like I said, he's somebody that that I personally. No, and somebody that that I that I look at, I'm like, damn, you got something. Yeah, or even you have something. Yeah, he's even or even like he's just so familiar with it. He's familiar with flipping and and doing cartwheels and backflips. He's just very familiar with it or used to it. It just makes it look more natural. You know what I mean? I think that's that's what I see. It just looks more natural with him. Even this weekend, I saw him chain wrestling. He wasn't even doing his flips like. Holy hell! This guy's like a, like a, like a complete package. He's chain wrestling. He's doing his yeah. his you know his, his trademark cartwheels. He's he's being innovative. He's being something Whoa. different that that's out there, you know. And and the one thing I've told him, and um, and he knows if he hears this, he's gonna be like, I've he heard it from me before. Is yeah. He, and again, I feel he has something, but he's definitely got to find himself in the sense of. You know, the one thing Triple H says, and, and everybody, and, and a lot of the WWE guys have said this, and maybe that somebody's told you this, or maybe you've told this to somebody, Bobby, mm-hmm. is you got to believe in who you are. If you don't believe in yourself, then the people won't believe in you. And as talented and as and as and as over as I'm putting him right now, that's one thing that that I feel that that he's yet to he he always doubts himself, and I'm like, dude, like how can you doubt yourself? Like I see what you yeah. can do. You're a hell of a kid. Yeah. And speaking of Vito, I also think Vito is very underrated. I don't know how he's yeah. not getting booked at, uh, at more places than he is. Like, Vito yeah. is another guy who I look at and like, man, this guy has something, and he should be being booked more. Both of these guys should be being well, booked more. Well, what the two – both of them have in common is that they're – so, like, we talk about the comfort zone. They, they're – dude, they're working luchas. They're working with, you know, different different people getting different looks, and all of that's just – chalking up to experience, you know, and they're just going to keep moving forward. Now, I don't, I don't put very many people over or whatever, but when I see somebody like that, like Jack Cartwheel or Vito or whatever, I'm like, yeah, man, those guys got it. They can go. They, they're hungry and they're working for it. Now, another person, <clears throat> give me this name, and I've seen this person work. And when I see this person work, I think, man, there is money to be made. If, if I was a manager or a promoter or a booker in a major company, I, I see money. I just do. And mm-hmm. you're not going to believe who this person is. But when I see Sonny Kiss work, I, I go, man, that, that 
man, even though it's, it's like a like a like a American exotico gimmick or whatever, I'm thinking, man, I can make money. I can, if I did this with and put this person with Sunny Kiss and whatever, I, I think it would draw money. Um, give me your thoughts on that, dude. For some reason, I see money when I watch Sunny Kiss work. Sunny Kiss, I have. I, what can I say? <laughs> got a good style he's he's different um yeah he's money uh he's, he's yeah. definitely gonna i think i think uh, in, in a year or so he's gonna be the one that everybody's gonna be talking about um a lot of guys you know a lot of people see these guys and, and like you said you see them ahead of time and you know what they, that they have something and they keep it's always a matter for me the always thing is is can these can these guys learn more because there's always something to learn um in the business and if these guys are, are become too egotistical, and I'm not saying they are, again, I'm just saying if they become, that always hurts these guys. Like it's the one thing yeah. to have is talent, but if you if you get to a point of your career where you're like, oh, I've learned everything, then that's where it starts to to break down. And as oh. long as these guys keep keep their heads down and and they're willing to learn and, and learn different things, because everybody's got something to teach, everybody's got something to learn from. Um, there's no yeah. right or wrong way to learn anything, but if these guys continue to learn. And and do their stuff. <clears throat> Both of these guys, especially Sunny Kiss, can can be unstoppable. And do you think they don't take Sunny Kiss as serious because of the gimmick, or do you think that because I think that they don't uh, take Sunny Kiss as serious because they're like, well, we can't put the belts on him because you know of his of his gimmick or whatever, which I totally think they can. But do you think they might be a little hesitant because of that, or you think it doesn't matter? I think I think yes. I think there's still some 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 hesitation on on the gimmick, and I think that's that's the trigger. Again, that's it, he's the one that's got to prove everybody wrong. It's it's not yep. it's not going to be something that's like that people should be like, oh, let's accept him for 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 the gimmick that he has. No, it's it's his job to prove everybody wrong. You know, it's like there's there's gimmicks out there that 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 people just don't understand and don't get and won't give a chance. But then once they once these guys go out there and prove them wrong, it's like, oh damn! Like where was this person? I'll give you a yeah. perfect example. Um, Orange Cassidy. A lot yeah. of people love love the gimmick, but there's also a lot of people who are old school, who are like don't understand it. You know, they're like, yeah. what is this? He just goes out there nonchalant, does these things, <laughs> and they say that he shifts the business. But then yeah. once he gets working and he once starts going hold for hold, things, they're like, oh shit, this guy is actually yeah. he's got something. Yeah, you know it's like, and they, you just gotta go they out put there him with and the, believe it. And they put him with Benta on the last uh, uh, AEW, and and it delivered. Well, plus you're working with you know top of the food chain or whatever. That's what I'm saying. If you put Sunny Kiss with somebody top of the food chain, I think it's gonna deliver. I, I think it is. I think that uh, me, I'm all about rolling the dice, taking the chance. I'll give you the. I'll give you. The, I have no problem giving you the chance. And now the ball's in your court. You make it work. You you set your own destination. You you know something happens and you don't do it right or whatever. That's on you. It's just totally on you. But I'm all about giving giving you the chance you know to do it. That's what we're gonna do here at UWC. Once we get going, we start bringing different people. Hey man, I have no problem putting you know Freddie Gabriel against Mecha Wolf uh, or whatever. You know I have absolutely no problem with with making those matches because I have full confidence or whatever. And then. You know, we, we just keep going from there, man. I, I think a, a lot of promoters are too hesitant. Oh, this might not draw money. Well, I don't know if this is going to deliver or not or whatever. Hey, man, take the chance. If it, what do you got to lose? Do you tell me, Freddie, if I put Sunny Kiss against uh, Kenny Omega, what, what do I have to lose? 
No, exactly. What do you have to lose? I mean, right. I, I've told promoters in the past, like, book me. Let me show you what I can do. And at the end of the day, if you don't like me and my style, then don't book me again. I'm not going to get my feelings hurt. Right. You know, um, uh, somebody, somebody. Actually, I was just told this weekend um, by by one of the, by 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 one of the guys, one of the boys. Um, he's like, hey, you know, I, he, he came up to me and sat to me. And he's like, hey, you know, I think that for you, you know, you should give. He's like, you should be getting booked more. But I think what's stopping you from getting booked is that you wear a t-shirt in the ring. He's like, mm-hmm. maybe you should work on getting some new gear, getting you know a, a one piece so that people can take you a little bit more serious. Again, I didn't get my feelings hurt. I didn't do that. I understood where he's coming from. And at the same time, I've been in, in the process of, of trying to find a different look um, for myself. Because I do, yeah. you know, I, I, see, I saw myself and I'm like, man, like, people get it, but I'm not happy with the way I look. Like, I'm kind of like, yeah. man, maybe I do need to change. It just looks a little sloppy. It can work for me sometimes, but then there's other times that it just doesn't work, you know. And the one thing that that, that caught my attention from what he said was that maybe people will take you more serious, and you'll get those bookings that that, I, that he's like he told me this that I feel you deserve, and I yeah. appreciated what he told me. I didn't say yeah. I don't think I don't think at any point he tried to attack me or anything, but again, it's one of those constructive criticisms that. He's not. He's obviously he sees something in me in the sense of the, the talent and the and the work that I put out in the ring. Well, but obviously he's trying to help me out as well and say, hey man, change your look, bro. Like trust me, hey, it's gonna help. But again, and the, the, the balls, the, the balls in your court. When when I was training, when when I was running the classes at Delos, this is way back in the day. The ballads ran the first class, and then I had the second class of the night or whatever. And when I ran my classes, it was all technique in the ring. Okay, it's up to you. If you, if you want to get in shape or whatever, you go start running in the morning and you start because you can go run in the park. You can go join a, a weightlifting gym and lift weights. You can buy a weight set. The only thing you can't do is is work in the ring. You know what I'm saying? Because unless you have a ring at your house. So I always w- worked that. Hey, this is what we're going to work on today. We're going to work on this. And we're going to we're going to chain muscle. We're going to do whatever. So when you're on your own. That's up to you. You want to get in shape or you want to be a certain way, that, that's all that, – that ball's in your court. Of course, you know, we, we did some stuff like worked on some, you know, cutting promos and stuff like that. But, it's it, you know, it's, it's totally up to the person. But as, as somebody who's trained people or whatever I, that, and promoted and booked or whatever, that's what I look for. I, I don't so much look as like – let me tell you something. When I, when I booked Sarah Del Rey, I had two shows in, in um, Torrance. They both sold out, and Sarah Ray was over like I had never seen before. Because not only could she work, um, but they were making fun. They said, "Oh, you have a big butt, and you're this and that." And and it never bothered her. She said, "Yeah, that's me." But she just kept going. She just kept going, and and it, I thought I thought it was great. I thought she she could care less what anybody thought. She just did her thing, and and she made me money both times. So that's what I'm saying. It you know. Fred Gable is Fred Gable. If he wants to wear a T-shirt, I'm not worried about it. I just want to see the product or whatever. And if I put him against this person, it's going to make money. If I put him against this person, it's going to be a knockdown. That's why. That's why you see Vito and and uh, what's his name, um, Jack Cartwright, all the time because they're, you know what I mean? It's money. They 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 know how they got a, a certain rapport or whatever. So that's what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No. Definitely. Hundred percent. I mean, yeah. and for me. My look sometimes works for for, for me because I, I'm I'm not I'm looking for the fans you know the fans that that are that are that are bigger supporters in my opinion there's a, I have a lot of supporters 
But some yeah. of the ones that, that always seem to come up to me are the guys that look like me. Are the guys yeah. that are like, dude, you give me hope. You give me a lot of hope. You get, you make me feel like I can do this one day. And I'm like, yeah. and I tell them exactly what you told me. If you want, if yeah. this is what you want to do, you need to go in there and put in the work. Work hard. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about the way you look. That you can always change, you know, as the process goes on, and make yourself feel more comfortable. But this right. isn't something that 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 was just given to me. I I literally got my ass beat by guys like Excalibur and guys like Super Dragon and and you know guys from from those days because I had a different rapport. It wasn't my look they were so concerned. It was my history. It was the history that I started yeah. off as a backyard wrestler that yeah. got me that got me a lot of crap because obviously that was looked down upon. You know, but it, it, it's it's interesting how you know I I'm, I'm being this up now and it's totally probably off subject, but it's like. I look at guys now that, that, that glorify the backyard wrestling scene, and, and it's more yeah. accepted these days. And I'm like, man, these guys don't understand, like, how hard I had it back when I was growing up. Like, I got my shit beat out of me by these guys because they thought I was disrespecting the sport. And yet now it, this is like, oh, this is what they used to do. Oh, that's so cool. Let me look at your videos. Oh, that's so awesome. And I'm yeah. like, what the f- I'm like, what the freak, man? I, I, I didn't get trained for it by somebody because they didn't want to take a risk on me because of what I used to do. I well, look, literally had to work my ass off. Here's, here's a lot, too, because as a promoter or a booker or whatever, you don't always get to see the matches. You know what I mean? But a lot of times people would come up to me and go, dude, this guy was great. Anytime you want to book me with them, I'll work with them. Hey, man, I think I want to do a, a, a bull rope match with this dude. This guy's, you know, he knows what he's doing. Hey, man, I had a great match with this guy. You know, book me with them again. That has a lot of weight. Or if somebody comes up and goes, I don't ever want to look at this dude again. Where did he come from? What, you know, and then I got to go see what happened or whatever. So that's got a lot to do with it, too. It meant a lot to me when, when they would say, hey, man, uh, book me with this guy uh, over here. I, I want to work with him here. With it. That, that holds a lot of weight too because it's you know it, it just it just does but dude we can go on and on forever because of the you know that's the way the business is or whatever but got to get out of here real quick for the people listeners don't forget united wrestling council we're steadily making sure we're going to get that date for june 27th hopefully it's going to be a metroflex gym we'll keep everybody posted and make sure everybody gets to uh Get you know the time that they need to get themselves ready to to come down to the show because we talked about that today. We got VIP tickets, we got all kinds of stuff that we're getting ready you know for the big show. So we'll keep everybody posted. We'll, um, we're working with Cody. I call him Cody Rhodes because I started calling him Cody Rhodes ever since uh, him and I were working together, working on the website. So we'll make sure we keep everybody date, up to date with that. Um, Fred Gable, man, a million thank yous for coming on. I'm, I'm sorry, man, but I'm running up against because, dude, we keep talking about wrestling. We, you know, we just can't stop or whatever. So we got to make sure there's that never we, enough time. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, and it's like you said, you know, we're always learning, man. It's always, I mean, I've been in the business for thousands of years or whatever. So, all right, man, I'll talk to you later. Let's get out of here. I appreciate it. Let's go. Let's do this. Sorry about that. <laughs> Hold on a second here. I'm telling you, man, I hit the wrong button. I'll give you you outro music. Okay, here we go. Sorry about that. All right, we'll see everybody next week.